you're very welcome to our morning service on this Sunday, the 8th of August. As we begin our service this morning, a sentence of scripture from the Gospel of John, chapter 6. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who has sent me. Nula is going to bring us our reading for this morning. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speaking truthfully to your neighbour, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, but must work doing something useful with their hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Thank you to Nula for our reading this morning. The, one of the appointed passages for this morning is Ephesians 4, verse 25 to chapter 5, verse 2. So if you've got your Bible with you or you're sitting at home, please do feel free to open it. But before we begin, let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before your word this morning, we give you thanks that it is so freely available to us. And as we open it now, as we read it, as we inwardly digest it, we pray that by your spirit, you would speak to each one of us because you know what you need your servants to hear this morning. And so we pray that you would open our ears to hear you, open our eyes to see you as we come before your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> There's a story told of a little girl who was throwing a temper tantrum and her mom was with her in the grocery store. And as the two of them went up and down the aisles of this busy grocery store, the toddler sat in the cart and she was screaming and she was flailing around. And I'm sure many of us can resonate with that picture. But as she continued shopping, a woman heard um, the mother calmly saying, don't yell, Susie. Calm down, Susie. Don't get excited, Susie. It's okay. Just be quiet. And the woman passing her by said to her, you certainly are doing a great job to calm down your little Susie. And the woman replied, my little Susie? Lady, I'm Susie 
I'm the one that's trying to avoid the conflict. <laughs> the mother was trying to avoid conflict with her daughter from yelling at her or screaming at her. But conflict in life is unavoidable, isn't it? How we choose to deal with it says something about the Holy Spirit's control over us and actually who we are as a person. Here in this passage, Paul has just finished talking about adoption into the family of God and being renewed by the Holy Spirit. And now he moves on and he describes how it is to be family. He fleshes this out and he looks at how it is to be family. So this morning, we're going to look at what does it mean to be a family? How do we be family? Number one is we don't lie to family. In verse 25, it says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbour, for we are all members of one body. Honesty is a prerequisite to a healthy functioning family. God's work in the world is based on truth and the people of God can't be used by him if we can't and don't know how to be honest. Zechariah chapter 8 verse 16 says, these are the things you are to do. Speak the truth to each other and render true and sound judgment in your courts. Speak the truth. Speak the truth includes forgetting about gossip. It includes not getting involved in it and laying it to the side. I'm sure all of us here this morning and watching online have experienced the ill effects of gossip. Gossip breaks trust and it causes feelings to deeply hurt. It's defined as casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people typically involving details that are not confirmed to be true. So gossip isn't honest. Generally, people tend to gossip whenever they're idle, or, and gossip is most commonly related to slander. So let's not lie to family, and that includes gossip. Number two, we all might find this one a little bit difficult. Don't get worked up with family. Verse 26 says, In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. I'm sure many of us can remember a time where we have been angry with family. When I was a toddler, I was in my granny's house and she had taken my shoes off for some reason. And she had said something to me that really annoyed me. And forgetting that I didn't have any shoes on, I kicked the washing machine for some weird reason, thinking that this would help me in my anger. I kicked the washing machine and hurt my toe in my anger. <laughs> but what does getting worked up achieve? Apart from a sore toe, what does getting worked up with family really achieve? Anger can be good or bad, depending on the motive and the purpose. We know that Jesus got angry in the temple, but it was a righteous anger that Jesus had. Any anger can decay into bitterness, so it should be set aside 
at the end of the day. Someone once said, married life is very frustrating. In the first year of marriage, the man speaks and the woman listens. In the second year, the woman speaks and the man listens. And in the third year, they both speak and the neighbours listen. <laughs> We're always taught uh, in marriage counselling or whenever you're going about to get married and you're going for preparation classes to never go to bed on an argument. It's good advice because his mercies are new every morning. I want you to think about a matchstick for a moment and going to bed whenever you're angry with family or you've had an argument. A matchstick you see has a head but it doesn't have a brain. It can light itself up if you're thinking about that issue and revolving around your anger. So let's not get angry with family. Let's not let the anger turn into bitterness. And let's not go to bed on an argument with our family. Number three is don't take advantage of family. Verses 27 to 28 say, And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Paul is saying that any form of stealing is a sin. And scholars seem to think about this verse, that some sort of theft is like taking advantage of someone. And this was a real issue for the Ephesian church. But Paul here is saying, share with those who are in need. I wonder if you've ever heard of the theologian and writer Francis Chan. He tells a story about a gang member who became a Christian in his church and then got baptized. But a year later, he disappeared. And a leader in the congregation noticed that this man uh, was no longer turning up to church. And so he sought him out and asked him what happened. And he said, I had the wrong idea about what I thought church would be. I thought it would be like a family, a different kind of family. See, when I was in the gangs, we hung out together, watched each other's backs, took care of each other, and we committed to each other 24-7 not just two meetings a week. And when I got here, like each, everyone was like each one was to their own. There was just no reason for me to be here for these people. They weren't family or what family should be. And Francis Chan said that this broke his heart. The gang was better at being church than the church was at being church. Think about that for a moment. That a gang was actually better at being the church than the actual church was. Because as a church, we are family. The fourth is don't talk bad about family. Verses 29 to 31 say this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. 
Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Talking bad about family is totally out of character with this new life that Paul describes. Talking bad about family is actually injurious to God. Paul considers it that it saddens God when we talk badly about family. God is grieved when we refuse to exchange the old patterns for sinful, hurtful language, for the righteous speech that characterises the new life. But in all these four points that we've gone through, there's one thing that comes to mind. Words are important. The average person speaks about 5,000 to 10,000 words every day. But through it all, communication is key. That communication is key to relationships. It's the most used method of communication is our words. Our words is what we use most to communicate with one another. It's a two-way process. We communicate with family, we communicate with neighbours, with our friends and with so many others around us every day. And interestingly, relationships can be built up or broken down depending on the words that we speak from our mouths. Here's some powerful words from Proverbs chapter 18. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. That's how powerful words can be. They can either speak life into someone or literally be so hurtful that they can despair life itself. So for a moment, we've looked at what it means to be family and how we be family. And we know that that revolves a lot around the way that we use our words. So for a moment, we're going to look at how can we use our words rightly in order to build up our family rather than breaking it down. Firstly is healing words. For a moment, wherever you are, I want you to take a look around you. Just for a minute, just take a look around the people who you are near, whether you're at home or in the building. People all around us are hurting. We don't know what is going on in their lives, but we believe in a God who does, and that God gives us a mouth to speak words of healing to those people. Every day we can ask the Holy Spirit to give us opportunities to speak healing into the lives of people. There are so many people who would just love to have someone listen to them, who would love to have someone speak words of healing with them or pray with them. Let us ask God each day for wisdom so that our words will be gracious and bring healing to those around us. Secondly, words of blessing. The Gospel of Matthew says, There are those who, when someone does them wrong or accuses them falsely, their immediate reaction is to curse them. Here's what Jesus said we should do. Bless those who curse you. 
This is quite contrary to what culture and even sometimes our human nature teaches us. Bless those who curse you. It seems the opposite to what sometimes we want to do, but Paul says this more precisely in Romans chapter 12. He says, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them, pray for them, bless them. Our mouths should always pronounce blessing over others, irrespective of what they do to us. So if we're worked up, if we're about to say something, let's just take a moment and think, are these words words of blessing? Thirdly, words of encouragement. People go through a lot in their lives. Have a little think about what you have been through in your life. You've had tough times. You've had good times. Happy times and difficult times. But everybody else around you goes through the exact same times. Maybe not the exact same situations, but the exact same times. And we all need encouragement. No better way to encourage someone than to speak words of encouragement whenever we can. First Thessalonians says, So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. Words of encouragement have the power to uplift and build people up who are feeling discouraged. We have various modes of communication and it's therefore necessary that we are cautious with the words that we use. The words that we speak and the words that we share with others should be those that will help build up strong relationships and not be those who destroy them. More than tolerate, we are compelled to love one another, regardless of how we are treated. Be truthful, but in love edify, and don't tear down. These are people, our family are people, Jesus loved enough. The same as you and me, he values each of us equally. And we should value one another. As member of Jesus' family, we are injured when they are. And as family, so are you and I. Paul is teaching us, do right no matter what. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So have a think this morning. Do you know how to be family? Because I know even looking at this passage and reading some of those things, there's times that I need to change. Not just my own blood family, but my church family. And be challenged by the way in which we use our words. If we have a reputation for disrespect or mistreating the body of Christ, then what does that mean? How will people believe the message of Jesus? Will they think that that's the right thing to do just as the gang member in Francis Chan's church? So this morning, let us be challenged, but let us 
also be encouraged. Encourage one another, bless one another, heal one another with the words that we speak from our mouths, not just in this place, but outside this place. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we leave the building this morning or as we stop watching church online this morning, we pray that we would go as changed people because of your word. And as we go from this place, that you would mold and shape us into the people that you have planned us to be. People that bless one another, that encourage one another that uplift one another. And as we look around us in our daily lives, wherever that may be, whether we are in our jobs, whether we are looking after grandchildren, or whether we're doing our groceries, Lord, as we look around, we know that everybody is hurting in some shape or form. But we know that you love them just as much as you love us. And so by your spear through us, enable us to be your hands and your feet to those in need, to speak words of healing, to speak words of blessing where it's needed. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we go this morning, thank you, Lord, for believing in us, for seeing beyond our outside and knowing who we really are inside. Thank you for giving us all we need to do your work, even when others may tell us we are only. Thank you, Lord, for calling us to be adverts for you so that others can see that you also believe in them. So the Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us. The Lord turn his face towards us and give us peace. Amen.